Hey there, everyone. Uh, thank you for stopping by listening to episode one of the Munzee Maniacs podcast. I think that's what we'll call it. <laughs> um, this is a brand new podcast all about the game Munzee. And joining me this evening is my co-host, BJ. BJ, hello. Hey, everyone. And I'm Kevin, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is episode one. So um, believe it or not, folks, I am a veteran podcast. So you'll see that this will smooth out in future episodes. But being episode one, it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. We might be a bit all over the place, but uh, so be it. Uh, it's a podcast all about Munzee. Um, so for all of those out there listening, um, we're going to tell, tell you guys a little bit about ourselves um, because, well, it's, it's episode one. You probably have no idea who we are. I'm sure you don't. Who are we? You will soon. So um, let's start with, uh, with you, PJ. Can you uh, let the, the Munzee listeners know a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, again, my name is PJ. I uh, live in Osaka, Japan. I've been here for a, a little bit, um, almost 25 years. Um, I am a university uh, English teacher for the most part. And um, I got into Munzee through uh, geocaching. And um, I was a big geocacher, and I still enjoy the game, uh, but I don't play it as much, largely because, as you know, one of the issues with geocaching is when you, when you really master an area, there isn't a lot of uh, progress locally. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I, tur I, I turned back to Mundi. I was originally introduced to it by a fellow geocacher by the sign-in name of uh, Astro Bird. And I believe uh, it was about 2013, and he turned me on to it, and uh, I downloaded the app. And there were less than, I don't know, three or four um, Munzees in Osaka City proper, and maybe a dozen uh, in the entire area, the Kansai region of Japan. Um, so I didn't really go anywhere with it. Um, Stopped using the. I, I, I captured a few, I believe, and then promptly forgot about it. Um, and then 2015, uh, my brother uh, reintroduced the game to me. Um, he was playing in California. And so I downloaded it and a new account and started fresh. And I basically, from 2015 until maybe a year ago, I only played the game when I was traveling. Uh, there wasn't much of anything going on in Japan proper. Um, so it never occurred to me uh, to uh, push it. I didn't know that uh, there were a bunch of players up in, um, what do we call it, Senri, um, uh, led by Papa Ganoush, who is actually building quite a large group of Munzees up there. But I couldn't see that because, you know, you, what you see is a very small localized area. And so I didn't play it very seriously until I think about January, right before you came, in fact. Yep. I got back into the game in a very big way, and I decided, you know, like that, what was that movie, the baseball movie? Uh, if you build it, they will come. I have filled the dreams. Yes. And okay. so I started putting it out there, and it was about that time, and I'll let you get to your story here in a second, but yep. it was about that time that I, when you had come back to Japan temporarily, yep. um, that I pushed you to start playing and we've grown it into quite a, uh, a decent uh, 
a little area full of munsies and players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, so folks, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm who Kevin. Are, who are you? And, yeah, I'm Kevin, and, and PJ and I go back quite a ways. Um, I first met PJ through YouTube. We were both YouTube yeah. vloggers back in the day, in the early days of the platform, 2006 on, um, and we became real-world friends via that. Um, I was an international school teacher in Japan for nine years, and then my family and I decided to move to Beijing, China for two years, where I work as an international school teacher. Then we went to Shenzhen, China, and then in February, well, January, the pandemic started, COVID-19, all that stuff. We decided to leave the uh, lockdowns of Shenzhen to come to Japan, only to find ourselves getting locked down here shortly thereafter. <laughs> um, the borders closed, and uh, that was February. Now it's November, or it's October, and we're just about to leave Japan and go back. Um, I was, I'd never heard of the game Munzee, ever, not even once, um, which is interesting because I was a geocacher, maybe not, not quite as prolific as PJ, but P, I, I did. Um, Pretty active. Yeah, well, relatively. Um, but I put that on, I put, I put the uh, geocaching aside when I moved to Beijing because obviously um, for those of you, I don't know if you, if for any of you that are listening who geocache, if you've ever been to China, there's something called the, the uh, it's called the geocaching offset because, um, you know, the government in China, they don't want people having accurate map information. So believe me, it's not. <laughs> um, so where, where it looks like there is a geocache, it's probably a kilometer away um, <laughs> somewhere. But yeah, yeah, so um, I was introduced to the game by PJ. I still remember that. We went to a big park in Osaka, and you had me and my son download the apps onto our phones, and, and off we started. And uh, it became absolutely addictive for me. <laughs> I think that is a fair statement. Um, and yeah, we have grown, grown it quite a bit. Um, I think Osaka is definitely um, a, a fun place to come in Munzee. And, I, you know, we've also tried to start growing areas in the region, um, the city of Kobe, the city of Akashi. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yao, don't forget Yao. And Yao City, of course. We've got uh, King of Kings down there and Japanian, a couple of very active players. who, who uh, and, and now Nara, uh, the, the prefecture of Nara, is, is, is exploding thanks to um, a, a family of Munzee players who hopefully we get on the podcast um, in a future episode. I'd like to have them on. That would be fun. And well, all the names that we've mentioned, definitely, at one point or another. Um, yes. So, you know, if, if anyone is listening to this who actually has not played the game or know what the game is... Yeah, that's um, a good point. We should start from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from the beginning here because, to be honest, um, I'm looking at this as, as I head back to China and I, I'm hoping to grow the game in the city of Shenzhen, China. This podcast is going to be a great tool for people new to the game to learn about the, the, the ins and outs and then eventually learn about more complicated aspects of it. Um, so, PJ, you know, you've played the game longer than me. I think you can do it justice better than I can. What, what, what would you, to someone who's never played the game, how would you describe it? I would call it a uh, QR code based scavenger hunt type game. Uh, it relies on GPS devices. Most people use their phones. Um, and the idea is that you take a, uh, a GPS coordinates uh, and your phone will get you relatively close to where it might be. Um, and I relatively, it's less accurate than even geocaching is. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it takes quite a bit. Um, but if you get to the area, often the, whoever deployed that Munzee will leave a picture 
or a description. Um, and between the combination of using your phone, uh, GPS, and whatever other hints there may be, uh, you hopefully find it. If it's a physical, and we'll start there, uh, it's a QR code. It could be anywhere from uh, very small, the size of a fingernail, to a very large size of your hand, even. I, I've seen them. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea is that you scan it in and you get points. And, un, you know, unlike uh, geocaching, which I still love, uh, it's more of a, a game than a hobby. Mm, uh, well, yeah. by that, I mean there's a, it's easily turn, what gamified, what's the word? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like within our, our community here in, in uh, the Osaka region of Japan, <clears throat> there's definitely quite a bit of competitiveness. Um, yes. between the players and people trying to 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 beat each other and climb over each other and get higher scores um and uh you know some players are not so competitive and others are extremely competitive um exactly. and what I, I like I, about you're it you're definitely one of those competitive ones as are you although you pretend not to be you're more reasonable than most of us <laughs> but you are still nonetheless competitive true not as much as your son or me but um <laughs> Uh, so anyway, getting back to the, there are these physicals and they're spread around the world, uh, some places more than others. There's a, basically three categories and those are the physicals. Uh, the other category would be virtual and those are still tied to a specific GPS, as you know, but they are, as the title says, they're virtual. There's nothing to scan at the location, hmm. but your phone by being in range and that range would vary depending on the type of virtual, you can then get points for being there. Yeah. Um, and then the third type, which we'll go into probably at a later date, oh, bouncers. Yeah. yeah. And that's the three things. There are bouncers, there are virtuals, and there are physicals. And, and, and in, bouncers, I'd say, when you describe those, they, for, for, for someone when you're just like looking at a Munzee map for the first time, they look almost like characters. They're like, they're little animations of like a, of a mythical character um that appear in various locations and you, those would maybe appear on a, on a physical qr code but or a maybe, virtual or a virtual yeah true true yeah um but they're worth bigger points they're worth big points so those are the things that are very gonna, very big yeah and those are the things that are going to help you climb a, a head in the scores and getting those bouncers if that matters to you yes yeah <laughs> um, and, and some people it doesn't we know players in our in our local group They'll go out once or twice a week. They'll get some points. It's good exercise. It gets you out of the house. We'll talk about all the benefits yeah. later, but uh, they're happy with that. Whereas some people are all about the numbers and other people are, you know, there are many different things that you, the gamified aspects. And for me, it's the going out every day. It's the keeping of the streak. For other people, it might be the total number of points or a particular the number of they've captured. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you're gonna get. You know, for those of you who play, you know, you know the terminology. But you'll, for those of you who are new to the game, you'll start to learn things like if I capture Munzee, that means I scan it. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, we we say cap. I capped it. Um, but another important thing to to note about points is that um, as a Munzee player, you're encouraged to grow the map, to grow the community. Yeah. For you, not only to just walk around and scan QR codes, but, but for you to actually physically put them out there yourselves. That's, that's a lot of the fun. And you get points for doing that as well. So the more Munzees that you spread on the map, the more points you're getting as well. Yeah. And you get points two ways there, right? You get points for the original deployment, 
but you also get points every time it is capped or captured by mm. someone else. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's 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 a great aspect to it uh, that that you feel you get a reward for growing the map. You would like to do it just because you believe in the game or you enjoy it. But to be honest, I'd say half my points on a daily basis come from you or one of the other players capping what I've put out there and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And again, these are things, this is the first episode. We're going to be very kind of general here and we'll get a lot more inside baseball as we go on in future episodes and really kind of get into it. But for example, with, you know, you're like, how do I get these Munzees? Well, there's a couple of ways. The, the game itself has a shop where you can go and buy them and you can buy physical Munzees, you know, use your credit card, you select, you pay for, and they get mailed to your house. Um, and they're relatively cheap. The, the physicals are anywhere from a few cents to a dollar each, depending on what kind you might get. And for those who are new to the game, I think one thing I always, I, I would suggest, I mean, if, depending on where you are, this or that, or your financial situation, you can actually, um, and first thing to note is that this game is free to play. Um, yes. you can download the app and play the game for free. There is a premium membership. We can talk about that in another episode, but you can play the game for free and you can, from your account for free, you can actually print Munzees so you can make your own. And you know, that's something that I've done a lot of. I print them off. I cut them out. I laminate them and I put double-sided tape on these things and off I go. So, and I, I, at some future episode, I'd like to go into more detail on that because you are very crafty. You've done a lot of that. Yeah. And both as players, we've seen some bad ones out there and some yeah, good ones. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think we do want to talk about what makes a good fit. If you're going to go to the trouble of printing them out, sealing them up and placing them, uh, what makes a good deploy and what makes a bad one? And exactly. We'll talk about that It's going to last there for a few years anyway, right? Um, yeah. But I also plan to make a YouTube tutorial about that one itself, um, how, to, how to make them. Um, yeah. So in a nutshell, that's Munzee. Um, so I don't know, would you, how would you say since I've come here in February, <laughs> mm-hmm. how would you say the map has changed? Because and, and I, we, we, <laughs> the two of us can't take the sole credit for this, obviously, because no, not, not, not by any means, a, a community has grown in that time. We've introduced the game to other people. We've had a couple of little Munzee outings, um, mm-hmm. events where, you know, members of the community got together and, and played the game together, spread the map together. But um, yeah, what, is, what does it look like now as compared to, say, January? Well, my gosh, in January, I didn't have an exact count, but I think there was about a dozen in the city um, when, I, when I came back to it in January. And I planted maybe 50. And then I, I remember when I first showed it to you, we were still very much doing geo, uh, geocaching and munzing. Um, yeah, because we, we were actually playing we a while we were yes. caching when I first arrived. I mean, for the first few weeks, we went out several times caching. Yeah. And and I think once it's funny once you started putting them out in mass, uh, that kind of because of my competitive nature, really pushed me to do it. And I, I think in a positive way, we pushed each other. And I'm I'm between the two of us, we put out almost two thousand. Oh yeah. And if you look at the other, there are now what twenty five uh, members in our group which is loosely based in the Osaka and in, in the Kansai area and I, I don't know I it's hard to tell that one of my critiques of the game is it's hard to get data uh, they do have a stats section but you can't really narrow it down to a place or a region and then do a count 
mm. which I wish you could. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. there's what three or four thousand out there total now. Yeah, uh, in in the from far farther than Nara all the way down to uh, Himeji. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Kansai area of Japan, for those of you who don't know that, that's the center part of the main island, Honshu. And that's where we are residing. Uh, there are players in Tokyo and play, a, a few players r- throughout the rest of Japan. But I don't see any signs of activity. Um, or not, well, I think, I think, not I, think the, I think the reason would be is if, you know, you're, you're a Munzee player and you show up somewhere. Um, maybe you're not as obsessive as, as PJ and Kevin are. Um, but I mean, to, you fire up the app and you look and if if it's just kind of like a bleak wasteland, you're like, well, maybe I'll just close this app now. Um, and I mean, I'm in a situation now where I'm leaving next week to head back to China. I'm looking at Shenzhen as a blank slate, but I'm looking at it in a very positive way. Um, where is Shenzhen for those who might not know? What's that? Where is Shenzhen? Shenzhen, Uh Shenzhen is on mainland China and it's directly across from Hong Kong. So I can see Hong Kong territory from my balcony. And there is a land crossing, a bridge that connects Hong Kong to Shenzhen. So it's one of China's four tier one cities. It's a brand new city. It's only 40 years old. Very lovely, modern city. Um, But I'm looking forward to getting back and and starting the game there, growing the game. How many Munzees are there now, do you know? Um, When I first looked at the map, I think there were like three physicals or four physicals in the, in a city of 12 million. And yeah. there were like <laughs> three virtuals and one wow. rover <laughs> randomly. Wow. So um, to this date, I've already deployed probably about a dozen virtuals that are ready to go. And I, I will be deploying more, um, especially when I'm That's in my two, week, my two weeks of quarantine and then when I'm when I'm back to life, I want to have this podcast ready. This podcast will be out there. Um, my colleagues, my coworkers can listen to it and learn more about the game. And I, I plan on really getting getting some people into it and building the city. Um, but one thing I am going to do before I really introduce the game to people is I'm going to spend several weeks building at least the area where I live and where a lot of my colleagues live. So I'm hoping that by the time I introduce, I'll probably have a couple of hundred physicals out and a nice little variety of different types of virtuals around. And I definitely think that's the way to go. I, you alluded to it earlier, but I think the biggest problem for Munzee in Asia, outside of maybe Australia and New Zealand, is that anyone who, who downloads the free uh, app and wants to play might see nothing or just a, half, you know, a handful in their area, and that's not very motivating. Um, I found, you know, because I've this account's been active since 2015, but it wasn't until I started putting down literally dozens and dozens that a community started building. I, I introduced you to the game and you brought in half a dozen players or more, and they have been very active in their own rights. Yeah. And I think it, it creates that. So now we can go almost anywhere in the, in the Kansai and find something yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or grow the map in that area locally because yeah, of... Exactly network yeah i was really happy when a few weeks ago my family and i went to kyoto to this place called arashiyama and i'm like oh, i'll open this up and i'll, I'll deploy a couple of munsies because i bet there's none here and i opened it up and there was probably about two dozen because um our our, our family of 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 Manara, they had visited that area a few weeks earlier or like a month earlier so they put a bunch around i was like this is great uh, i didn't think i'd actually get to play munsey today but i did mm-hmm. yeah I definitely think that there's uh, 
you know, one of the things that I find interesting about, I, this is also true of geocaching, is that a lot of different kind of people play it. So people who might not normally get to know each other or become close can share this hobby. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, and we've even now got Japanese players playing, yep. and which is only fair because I believe it was a Japanese player that got me into the game. Um, and now he's recently started playing again. Um, so I like to, I would like, especially with this podcast to encourage other players around the world in areas that maybe are not most dominant. And we should talk about the dominant countries as well, but in, oh, yeah. in areas that are a little bit underrepresented to encourage <laughs> them to build the map locally. Absolutely. Because we know, you know, European countries, countries such as Germany and whatnot have just, Wow amazing uh, various cities in canada in the united states certain regions are just chock full of things and, and i'm hoping that in the future we can get some um munzee players from all around the world on this podcast to talk about their areas you know um i, I enjoy uh the really about the only munzee presence so to speak on youtube would be um joshua the geocaching vlogger from youtube awesome. fame and i've enjoyed his munzee videos um and you know it'd be great to get people like him on and other folks to talk about Munzee, where they because it's there it's a very different realm where they are because it's so established right yeah i mean you're walking into a if you're opening up the app for the first time and you're in you know minneapolis st paul wow because i've looked at minneapolis st paul <laughs> <laughs> and wow or any city like you know a city like berlin or hamburg in germany wow i mean the the graphics card of my computer is screaming um as as the munzee slowly slowly load up on the map well, just for uh, reference, I'm looking this up right now. There are 2.8 million Munzees in the United States. Okay. Um, Germany is number two with um, a million, just a, a million and change. Okay. UK is number three. Australia is number four. Uh, Canada is number seven. Okay. Uh, and then the rest are rounded out by mostly, as you said, European countries. Okay. Oh. Very cool. Um, but you know uh, what? I mean, like, I was just going to say, in, 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 in the future, with future episodes, I mean, there's so many directions we're going to take this and talk about the game, um, you know, and, and that's definitely one, how the game is played in other places, because I'm really curious to know about that, too. And, um, you know, to get more in-depth into learning about Clan Wars and the Z-Ops and all these different kind of games within the game, right? Um, it does. It, 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 so you can play this on so many. You can be that casual gamer who opens up their phone every once in a while to, you know, this being everything for you. <laughs> Don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> I'm looking at myself too. Um, well, we're we doing should. it via Zoom. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so maybe we can uh, wrap up episode one okay. and let you guys know that in the future. Um, you know, it is the first episode. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe once every couple of weeks, maybe possibly every two weeks, an episode may come out. Um, I'm here in Japan at the moment, and these episodes will be coming out a bit later after I've left. So we're going to record several before I leave, and then, um, of course, via technology, we can we can do that no matter where we are. But uh, the, the internet's not as, always as reliable uh, in China as it is here. Um, really. <laughs> So, um, so from time to time, you may hear in future episodes, maybe a, a little, the, the first few episodes, um, maybe a little outro where it's only me, Kevin, speaking to you. Um, maybe just adding some extra information here and there. 
Um, you'll be able to find this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts, like Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all these places, Google Play. Um, and you know what? I, I realized I haven't even told you guys my username on Munzee. So if, if you're looking <laughs> That's at me too, we are social network. On Munzee, I'm Busan Kevin, B-U-S-A-N, Kevin. And that is a city in Korea where I lived at one point. And that's who I am on Munzee. Um, what's your call name there, PJ, on Munzee? Uh, hate to sound unsurprising, but it's PJ. Uh, but it's spelled out uh, phonetically. P-E-E-J-A-Y, one word. Nice. PJ. And I know my, my son is already stated very clearly that he he demands he be on a future episode, which he will. He's a 10-year-old Munzee player who normally joins us on our adventures. A very competitive player. <laughs> he is, he is. And we'll be definitely getting some other folks on the podcast in the future. Um, so everyone, thank you for listening. Um, we are going to give them the links to Munzee and, and where they can yeah, download it. Well, for those of you who, you know, munzee.com um, on, on your computer, go find it there. Download the app. Just type in Munzee, M-U-N, I'll say, I'll be Canadian here, M-U-N-Z-E-E. Um, <laughs> and That's uh, Z for you Americans. <laughs> And that'll pop up in, in, you know, your app store, wherever you use, if you're using an Android device or you're using an iPhone and uh, download it. It's free. It's free to sign up. Super easy. You just need a username and an email address and a password. <laughs> and then so, off you go. And off you go. Um, so everyone, thank you for listening to the first episode. Um, I don't have any links to give right now, but I will in the future. <laughs> yeah, look, down, look, look at the space below. We should mention that we do have a Facebook group here in Asia. Yes, we do. For anyone listening who is in Asia um, and interested in playing, we have uh, it's a Facebook.com slash Munzee in Asia. Is that it? Yes, Munzee in Asia. Munzee in Asia. And both myself and PJ are the administrators of that one. Yep. So come on over. We'd love to grow the community. Um, you know, maybe even if, if you're not in Asia, but you're curious to see what the Munzee world is like in Asia, join, yep. join up, please. You're all welcome. Yeah, we're not checking passports. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to episode one. I'm Kevin. And, and I'm PJ. All right. And we'll be talking to you guys real soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>